Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope that you're well. I hung out indoors and unmasked with a fully vaccinated friend for hours this weekend. It was simultaneously weird and normal and just so nice to talk to someone I don't live with and hug someone I don't live with, someone I love that I don't live with. I'm looking forward to a lot more of that this summer. And I hope that you have access to a vaccine and that if you do, you take advantage of it because this is how we will get through. Today, we start a new work, The Georgics by Virgil. This is an epic divided into four books, and it's kind of along the lines of Hesiod's Works and Days, only not nearly as bleak. Uh, Virgil was not the same sort of misanthrope that Hesiod seems to have been. You can you can find translations free online. I know there's one on theoi.com, and I'm pretty sure I saw links for a translation on Perseus 2. I'm not sure whose translations they are, but I'm sure they're perfectly serviceable. I will be working from the David Ferry translation from 2005, which is a text that also includes the original Latin, if you're interested. I'm definitely enjoying this translation, um, though how much of that is Ferry and how much of that is Virgil, I couldn't say. Virgil really was a beautiful poet. There's a reason he was beloved in, in ancient Rome. As I noted in the intro to the Virgil, in the intro to Virgil episode, the Georgics is his second major work, his first being the Bucolics or Eclogues, which we'll cover in Roman poetry, which will come sometime after we finish Roman epics and Greek poetry. No clue, therefore, how long it will be before we get to that set of Virgil's poetry. I'm still trying to figure out even how to how to do Greek poetry. So much of it's fragmentary. But that's beside the point. We're talking about the Georgics today. The Georgics was published in 29 BCE, so just a couple of years after Augustus came to power, ending the Roman Republic once and for all, which we talked about in, in the introvertial episode. We will see hints of that civil war um, because, you know, that was the time in which this poem was written. And we'll see that each book or Georgic can stand on its own, but all four come together to make a whole. So it's it's not like what we'll see when we read the Aeneid, um, a whole story broken up into parts, the way we saw with the Iliad and the Odyssey. But it it's definitely an epic in length and design. So that's why it is here in this epics course instead of in the later poetry course that we'll do. So today we start with book one or the first Georgic. And since this was um, a longer introduction than I anticipated, I think it would be good to take a short break before going through the summary. Virgil begins by calling on Liber and Ceres, uh, the Roman gods of agriculture, and the fauns and the dryads who dance in the fields, and Neptune who gave us horses. Are you sensing a theme? Oh, and Pan who guards the sheep, and Minerva who gave us olives, and Triptolemus who taught us how to plow. Yes, this poem is about country living, 
And the first stanza is a lengthy invocation of every god related in some way to agriculture. And to Caesar, too. I'm sure no one is sure exactly what he'll be in charge of now that he's been deified, but gotta make sure the newest, most definitely Roman-born god isn't forgotten. And then Virgil describes farming. He goes through the seasons. In spring, you plow, but but don't just go about it all willy-nilly. Not everything is right for planting in every place. He goes on to talk about the products that must be imported, saffron, frankincense, iron ore. So in spring, plow, but only if the land is good. If the land is rocky, wait until summer. If it's sandy, (laughs) don't even bother trying. But don't forget to let it lie fallow every other year. Or alternate your crops. Fertilize. Ceres will bless those farmers who work hard and diligently. You see... There was a time before agriculture, and Jupiter himself decided that the process wouldn't be easy. Before Jupiter, no agriculture, no farmers, no private property. It sounds rather like the uh, biblical Garden of Eden. But then Jupiter divided everyone, the animals from the humans, the animals from each other. And because necessity is the mother of invention, you know, Jupiter knew that by taking away that Garden of Eden, which is not what Virgil calls it, but that's what I'm calling it, humans would have to be creative. And they were. They bred new crops, discovered fire, built boats, and gave the stars their names. They discovered how to forge metal and make better and stronger tools. And Ceres taught them how to use those tools to prepare the fields. So what does a farmer need? A plow, a wagon, carts, a thresher, a winnowing fan. And Virgil describes all of these tools in poetic detail and how you use them in detail. It's all very pretty. Long. But it's it's pretty. It really it really is. There's a part of me that just wants to read <laughs> read this poem to you because it's beautiful. It really is beautiful poetry. But as I noted, he goes through the seasons and well, we haven't gotten very far. We've gotten as far as spring, maybe a little bit of summer. He gets back to the point. There are different crops to plant at different times of the year. In the autumn, plant flax and poppies. In the spring, plant beans, clover, and millet. He describes how to watch the stars to know when to plant. Are the Pleiades still visible? Don't plant your wheat yet. Watch the sky. It will tell you when to plant and when to reap. There is a season turn, turn, turn. But when it's cold outside, when winter comes, then is the time to stay indoors and do indoor work, repairing tools, weaving baskets. Watch the moon, too. There are days of the month that are good and days that aren't. Don't do anything on the 5th. That's when the humanities were born. And Typhoeus and Iaptus and uh, Cesius, the, the giants who tried to overtake Olympus, they, they did it by putting Mount Asa on top of Mount Pelion. Three times. They tried this three times, and Zeus struck them down each time. So, yeah, just don't mess with that day. Oh, but the 17th. The 17th is a good day for planting. And on the 9th, when the moon is full, well, 
That depends on the man. A runaway will be happy for that light. A thief? Eh, not so much. There are also things best done in the early hours of the morning. While others are best saved for after nightfall, it reminds me of my grandmother who always told my aunts they'd better get out and pick those beans before it got hot out. That's one of those things you do in the early hours of the morning. But there are other things. Bringing in the hay. You want to wait until after, after things have dried out. Do that at night. Having spent so much time on summer and winter, Virgil then turns to autumn and its changeable weather. But spring? Now that is a time for celebration, for sacrifices to Ceres, and for keeping an eye out for the storms sent by Jupiter. But after the rain, it will be sunny, and the moon will shine so brightly you'd swear it was her own light and not light borrowed from her brother the sun. So pay attention to the sky, the sun, the moon, the clouds, red sky at night, sailor's delight and all that. Pay attention to the sun. He warned us about what was to come, about Caesar, about the world being covered in darkness after Caesar's light was snuffed. The world warned us about the war, but we didn't listen. And now, someday, some farmer will plow his field and turn up a spear or a helmet or bones. The people are in distress. But still, the plowshares are beat into swords instead of the reverse. There's war everywhere. Mars rules. It's like a chariot race gone out of control. And there's nothing the charioteer can do. And that is the very cheerful end of book one. There's a lot of this book that reminds me of Hesiod's works and days, except Hesiod thinks you should do it all by yourself so that you can reward yourself with one happy afternoon sitting under a tree drinking wine by yourself. Virgil is much more communal. As he describes winter, you can see the whole family in the house together, working on all those things that need to be done when the world grows cold. It's, it's been a while since I've read Virgil, and I'd forgotten that he really was a wonderful poet. Now, my translation is good, uh, but he's starting with Virgil, and there is a reason he was beloved in his time. Speaking of which, uh, towards the end of this book, we can see glimmers of why Octavian, or Augustus as we generally think of him today, wanted him to write the Aeneid. Virgil describes the world um, grow both literally and figuratively dark after the death of Julius Caesar. It was that assassination that allowed the rise of Julius's great nephew and heir, a certain Octavian who renamed himself Augustus Caesar after he took power. And it's weird that one of my sources says this book ends on a hopeful note. <laughs> I don't know what they read, but it definitely doesn't feel hopeful to me. Uh, the famous Pax Romana hasn't started yet. And while Virgil anticipates that someday the wars will end, they are still on every border. So what do you think of the Georgics so far? Pop over to the blog and share your thoughts. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. 
The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. You can find me on Patreon as Triumph Your Clile, should you feel so inclined. No pressure, that link, though, is in the show notes if you, as I said, are inclined. Our next episode will cover Chapter 6 of Book 1 of the Biblioteca. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.